people, welcome back to Screenworthy, brought to you as always by The Mind Refinery. I'm your host, Kyle Bodanis. On this episode, we're looking at HBO's The Watchmen and why it's been able to cut through the last year of television and emerge as a truly original work, bagging 26 Emmy nominations. Also, if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on social media. And now, here's the show. Alright guys, here to discuss The Watchmen. Recent 26 nomination uh, HBO's Watchmen are Mind Refinery Creatives, Boyan Nedek, and Omar Morrison. Yep. Hey, how's it going? So, uh, since the last time we recorded this podcast, the Emmys dropped their nominations, and Watchmen uh, was one of the notable uh, stories there, with 26 nominations across all categories, including Best Limited Series and Actor Nods for Regina King and Jeremy Irons. Uh, I, I kind of want to look at this from an, st- uh, an impact standpoint, and why it was able to hit with fans and critics, but also, you know, in terms of you know, awards recognition, especially given that award shows like the Emmys have a tendency to make stupid decisions and just have the same perennial nominees. So I want to look at what made this so special. So going into this, you know, after the movie, what was the expectation when you heard this project dropped? Like, what was your thoughts on this, on this world at the time? Well, I mean, I was, was really skeptical. I, you know, it just sounds like another, you know, cash, you know, I always go, I'm skeptical and I'm, I'm, I'm cynical, I guess. So I just thought it was just another cash in of an existing property. And, you know, I, I kind of, even though Alan Moore is a crazy wizard from a different dimension, I do sometimes uh, sympathize with him as well when, when he, you know, offhand just dismisses any adaptions of his works, because most of the time they're, it's, they're, they're not great adaptions. And, his works in, in comics makes him one of the geniuses of comic like he's he's a genius of that medium um and and knowing how to use that medium so and and a lot of the a lot of his genius in there does not translate well to film so it's they're almost unadaptable in some sense so i was skeptical i wasn't i didn't think it was going to be uh it was going to be anything good even though it was hbo and sort of hbo has rarely uh uh let me down and i i don't think I didn't even watch it when it came out. I watched it, uh, I believe, like just like I think it was like June or, or something. So maybe a, like two months ago. And yeah, I mean, I was I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. And the worst part is uh, when I didn't like uh, uh, I didn't watch it. And for a long time, I'm listening to what other people are saying about it. And even when they're talking about it, it just sounds like what the hell have they done with this property? Like. When I when I heard about uh, uh, you know it's not even in the same it's not it's not even the same like group of people same group of heroes it's it's a spinoff it's in that world and I was just I just thought the worst about it and I was I was so happy to when I finally sat down and watched it to discover how incredible it is. Yeah, um, I was kind of in the same boat. Uh, I didn't really, I I didn't really gravitate towards it. Um, I mean. As you guys know, I'm a huge comic book guy. I, I really enjoyed the original movie that came out in 2009. Um, when it came out, I just thought maybe that HBO was just trying to capitalize on the whole superhero genre thing. So I just felt they were just picking it because they knew it was gritty and they could, it's something they could uh, ride that wave with. Um, so I didn't really even dive into it, to be honest. Like This was actually my first watch of it. And... Yeah, like uh, Boyan said, I was completely wrong. Like, I was blown away by what I saw. I mean, 
I was pretty cynical, to be honest, myself, uh, given the climate of, you know, reboots and this grasping at straws for content. Um, I didn't really see how this... I mean, I didn't really see how this effectively fit into what HBO was doing. And, um, like, clearly I got this wrong as well. Like, I was very much, like, anti this. I'm like, why are we doing this? Uh, you know, why is this to... Like, why are they going for the cash grab? Uh, because, uh, like, that's not really how their business model works. So I'm trying to figure out as to what, you know, was figuring out where, um, it came in. And, you know, I was also wondering how the previous characters were going to fit in and this idea, uh, ideas that was, um, you know, conveyed by the, you know, the, the movie. And I was more wondering, uh, if it was going to gravitate towards the movie and just assume that that was the case, but it really follows the line of the comic books um, because it has the squid attack and um, it shows people having PTSD from that. Um, and I like how they incorporated Silk Spectre in it. And I liked, um, I, I really liked how they took it and made it fresh and made it relevant. Um, revisiting the Tulsa riots. Um, you know, I, and I enjoyed this, the Zack Snyder flick. I like, I thought it was, I didn't think it was great. I mean, I love the comic book better and it's funny. You mentioned the Alan Moore thing because I feel like he probably got mad because of the, you know, there was drastic changes made, especially to the ending. Whereas I'm, Oh, it would be very curious as to how he feels about this because it kind of lived up a little bit more to the story he created and also had these concepts of power and the limitation of power and the limitation of hero power. Um, you know, that really kind of drives the original story, but then you're throwing in this idea of racism and applying it to a very modern context, uh, given what's been going on. I mean, like, boy, and what did you think of the movie? Um, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I mean, I, I, you know, I think one of its weaknesses to me that kind of, you know, a lot of people will, will give it praise for, um, generally how, um, authentic, authentic it was the story of the comic, you know, with the exception of the ending and, and for a long time. And I still do believe that the ending, um, made more sense. Um, I, I guess up until the series, I thought that the ending made more sense in the movie than it did in the comic. I thought the comics ending was a little silly and, uh, the, the series actually like, kind of gave it a different perspective of the whole you know the whole squid thing and and what's behind it that actually made me gravitate more towards that making more sense um but and otherwise i thought the movie was its its weakness was that it it tried to do a, a frame by frame recreation of the comic like it, it just it you know, like I said, there's there's every medium has its unique strengths that uh, are almost impossible to translate to another medium. And Zack Snyder tried to do that. Uh, he tried to translate a comic book into a movie, into a one-by-one -one translation, uh, and not make it strong as a movie in the medium of film. Um, so I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the world. And it was funny, enough, it was funny to me, too, that I... Uh, you know, I when I watched The Watchmen, I was uh, first time the, the movie uh, in the theater. I I thought at that point that I was exhausted from superhero films. So when I walked out, I was like, oh, this is refreshing. You know, it's a what if take if superheroes were actually real in the in the sort of grimy, gritty world that we live in, the cynical world that we live in, and not not you know this this magical world that Marvel likes to present, where no real questions about you know the real problems that people face are ever faced like racism or 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 or, or 
you know, the politics of power and whatnot. Uh, so I, it was refreshing to me to see that. And I, to my, I guess, embarrassment, I, I hadn't read the comic before I saw the movie. So I, I ended up buying the comic after. Uh, so yeah. And I mean, that's, you know what I mean? I thought that, I thought it was a really good thing that it, what it did and, and, and how it represented heroes. And I, and I enjoyed the movie, but I, you know, there's still a lot of things that I'm having difficulty with. Yeah, like I, I was, I enjoyed the movie. I really, uh, I thought it was an interesting take. Um, I loved that it was darker, and I liked how Zack Snyder tried to um, create. He's great at creating worlds, and I liked that he tried to create this world uh, and take it out of the comic books and bring it to life. Um, like Boyan said, I, you know, not um, diving into the whole Marvel formula and how their characters really don't have the same level of depth. And real world problems that we face every day. Um, I felt like a lot of these characters could be relatable in many ways. Um, and to be honest, it it really took me at the time. I, I, like when I didn't read the comic at all, so when I went into watching it, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna watch this. I have no idea what this is about. I heard of it, and I was just enamored by just how everything looked. Um, Going into the, the series now, watching it in this climate, I think was a crazier experience for me. I don't know how you guys felt, um, but being this first, watching this in 2020 with everything that's going on um, with uh, Black Lives Matter, the riots and stuff like that, and then seeing um, a comic book take on racism and how it's implemented and how it was sent, how the whole, um, I don't want to say storyline, essentially the world was centered around that kind of took me by surprise and actually um changed the tone of all of it for me and it kind of made it a lot more realer and i was able to sympathize with characters on both sides if that makes sense um so yeah like it just this show kind of just blew my mind with that and I, I i don't know if i'm being biased because of the climate that we're in today maybe if i watched it last year i might have a different opinion on it but as of now, I think it's one of the, the best shows I've seen so far, just based off of the climate that we're in. I so I mean, there's a whole thematic shift from the comic book and the movies. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the movies focus on the idea of power. This continues that, as I said, but like it, it looks and how it manifested in a world, uh, you know, which is just more of a hyper real uh, version of ours. Um, like, do you think this thematic approach made it more obviously like more relevant to the current thematic? uh sorry the current political climate and like do you think that a traditional reboot would have been successful because like for example if it just followed along the lines of the you know kind of the Zack snyder thing because i will say this i do agree with your point boy and like it made me really appreciate the comic book more mm -hmm. and like the way that ended because i had read it just before i saw the movie um but for the, i i had you know anticipated that they were going to go along the lines of the you know of the film but I like that they moored this to the, to something to something else. Um, so, do you think a traditional reboot would have been as successful? Um, I think for me, probably not. Um, if they had done it maybe earlier, it might have been as successful. I just think that, um, and this is my personal opinion. I'm not sure if everyone has the same sentiment. But I think a lot of people are kind of getting tired of the whole superhero thing and, and kind of are kind of happy to get a break from it. So it coming out kind of like in the height of like Endgame and 
all these other movies, the Joker and stuff like that coming out, I think it still would have done well, but I don't think it would have had the, the same impact if it was just a, a traditional reboot. I, I agree. I can't, I can't uh, disagree with that. I mean, I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think HBO would have picked up the show at all mm -hmm. uh, or been interested at all if it was just a traditional reboot of the original. Uh, I think they're... I guess maybe I honestly maybe I, I might be just an HBO fanboy here, but like I, I think they have they have a very good uh, record and 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 experience and skill with picking uh, picking shows that do something different that 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 explore uh, a, a you know ground that hasn't been treaded on before. They don't follow the pack, which is like you know you mentioned you were surprised you were you know it was kind of surprising at first that HBO is even going in this direction and it, it made it look like they were following the pack in terms of all the other superhero content out there. And they kind of are, but when you actually look at the show, it's completely different than anything else, uh, even close to it. So, I, like I said, I don't think they would have picked it up. And if another network, or, or, or like Netflix, or a TV network did pick it up, um, you know, it would have just been another, you know, gritty take on superheroes lost in a sea of, like, Umbrella Academies and Titans and the boys and whatever Marvel crap is, or, or, or and, and, and what's it called? What's the uh, CW crap is being put out there? You know what I mean? It's just, there's just so much stuff out there in that genre, uh, general, sort of very generalized genre, that it, it, on those other, other networks it would have been lost, whereas, H, you know, whereas, uh, uh, whereas what they had actually did with the show and... And how they, I mean, it, they, they perfectly used the themes that already existed and the cynicism, the, the, the natural cynicism and, and, and that existed in the world of that story, uh, uh, you know, and especially when it goes back into, into the history of the Vietnam War and all that, that alternate history. Uh, and they tied it to real issues that, that are still being faced today. Um, that can also be tied that, you know, issues that never really ended from, you know, from the fifties and sixties from, and, and from before that. And I think it, it found just this perfect comfortable spot in that world and tied it to our, our world, which makes it feel so like so much more immersive than anything else. It's almost an insult to call it a superhero uh, series because yeah, it's yeah there's elements of it but like what it's actually saying and how it's handling these issues these these topics and themes is 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 so much more mature and 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 deep and introspective than any any of the shallow crap that's being or or like or when or that's being thrown at us or when studios just kind of pay lip service to to these stories of, of civil rights and, and racism and whatnot. It's, there's a lot of corporations and, 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 and studios that will jump on stuff, stories like that to be, to, to be like, to, you know, be uh, accessible to what they think people want to hear, but they will just hack them into these sort of whitewashed, simple stories. The, the ones you've heard, the stories of racism you've heard a million times all, over again. Whereas what this show did is completely fresh uh, and completely, uh, 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 just, just on a whole different level, um, that can't, I don't think anything even comes close to it. I think, yeah, I, I think that your idea, the thought that, you know, it's like I, HBO probably wouldn't have even picked it up. I mean, that for me, you know, in hindsight is the common sense, uh, understanding, you know what I mean? Because, uh, 
what they like it, it's not on brand for them and i mean we're gonna talk a little bit about the Zack snyder situation because he was originally slated to do this but kind of pulled out um uh, of doing it well <laughs> and that's kind of and that's kind no, of what it, he does not have the he's not armed with with i don't know the soul and the mind of doing something like this well like let's get into that now like i think that like my general opinion of that is that he he doesn't have the storytelling chops for it i think he's um you know like his approach to things like 300 and you know his, uh, other movies was visionary from like uh from uh from you know a cinematography and and an effect sense and like trying to like live up to the idea visual idea and textures of comic books uh in a film medium which i thought was like which i thought was good it's just like you can't hang your hat on that the entire time and it's like it got to a point where um like i i don't know how he could have done something that represents you know this level of creativity because which is which makes me question as to why HBO would have wanted to do it in the first place, especially given, um, you know, how just economic and you know savvy Lindelof was good in you know in putting this together, and like he had this big letter that he had written to uh, Watchmen fans about how about the comic his the comic books role in his life when he was younger, and that how he really respected uh, the source material. Um, that's why I'd be totally interested in what Alan Moore thought about this. I mean, like he's curmudgeonly, obviously. Uh, so I, I, I don't de- think he's stable or sane uh, anymore. So I, don't know what <laughs> I would yeah, say. yeah. It's like who knows? It's like the opium has finally caught up with him. <laughs> um, that's what he seems like one of those like Aleister Crowley types who's just like, you know, trying to zone out. Uh, but like, and also like, there's like postmodern ideas with heroism and like de- and you know meta and deconstructing it. And I thought that, like, the issue with the original is that it is, like, a rehashing minus the ending, uh, frame by frame. It's like, it, when he was asked to submit storyboards, he just handed them the comic book. Um, of course, yeah. And I'm, and also, like, I'm not sure if he understands the Zeitgeist, really, because he's always kind of, like, existed outside of that. Um, because he's made things that are a little bit more fantastical. But uh, I think that... It, like this is realer than any of the previous material uh from the watchman like even the um because i mean like we're seeing the squid stuff but other than that everything else is you know and i love the story um about this idea of capturing manhattan trying to harness his powers like for me it's something that is reminiscent of like comic book series days of future past x-men and just in terms of like that's really the only kind of comic book predecessor i can really give it where it's attacking race from this point of the fantastical uh comic book world um but like i i'm a full i'm a firm believer that if if it really hadn't been lindelof making it because that's what he did he made it his own it, it probably wouldn't have worked out I, I'm, I'm totally agree with that i don't think uh i don't think it would have worked out i i think it would have still looked amazing um i feel people would have liked it i think there would have been a lot of mixed reviews but um, to really capture just the issues and not even and and to bring it into the modern day like in, in, in set in 2019 so to kind of capture these issues where it's like okay like certain things certain laws have been passed already um, even issues with the police like that was one of the things that I really kind of enjoyed was the whole um, aspect of 
covering the face to protect the identities of these people who are choosing to take on jobs to go save lives. Um, that That is something that, as soon as I seen it, I was like, all right, um, wonder how that would look today if we if we did something like that. Mm-hmm. But watching it with that, watching it with that lens and knowing that these conversations are being had, like the Fonda police, and, and you, you know what I mean? And, ha- and seeing how families were affected by certain things, it, it just put a whole new perspective. Like, like Boyan said, this is probably one of the realest things I've seen. Um, and calling it just a typical comic book movie um, doesn't do it any justice because if Snyder did it, it would have been just that. It would have been another comic book movie. It would have been a little bit grittier. Um, sure, these themes might have been there, but I don't think he would have done it so stylistically. I don't think he would have done it with the amount of realism. Um, and I think he would have shied away um, in the storytelling from hitting on those real issues and actually like letting it breathe and, and letting it happen and not and, and taking those risks. Because I feel like a lot of people, especially in this climate, don't want to get quote-unquote canceled. You, you know what I mean? Like cancel culture is heavy and I feel like he would have been a person that he wouldn't want to take those risks. No, no, he's he's built a he's built a, a career on you know soft blockbuster stuff. He's not. I don't think he he would have had the I don't know the emotional intelligence, the creative intelligence, or even the or or just the bravery of exploring something like that. And I don't think even and even if he had, I. I don't. I, I. I. don't think he. Yeah. I, I just don't think he could have handled that kind of story. No. I, and I don't yeah. What do you guys think? I really enjoyed, and I know it f- feels like we're just shitting on Zack Snyder. I feel like <laughs> his talent as a filmmaker, as a filmmaker from the like the properties and technical abilities of filmmaking, he's good. I think he absolutely positively uh, needs to be one. Is always like paired with better writers. You know, that kind of thing. And I think the thing is, you know, this had a very auteur feeling to it. Um, and I think that would be the big difference between, you know, Lindelof stylistically and him is that this feels like a very personal thing that was driven by a creative vision uh, rather than, you know, this. I mean, like there is a, you know, ever since 300, there's been like a Michael Bayifying of Zack Snyder's work. Um, where it's like, yeah, Michael Bay, he can make movies. We know that. We're not worried about that. It's just like, I'm not going to see a movie. I want to see something uh, that's storytelling and that gives you a better understanding of the world and like that all great art. And I mean, at the end of the day, this is objectively good. I find with comic book movies, you're kind of like, that was a good comic book movie. I mean, there's a few that stand out. I mean, like I thought Black Panther was a really big artistic statement uh, with great, you know, great performances, um, especially, you know, reevaluating the role of people of color in comic books and in those worlds. And I thought that was really great, but um you know, I, I I think that uh, this is this is objectively uh, really good, and I think its reception has reflected that. What are your thoughts on the Manhattan story and how they deal with this? I mean, I thought that they did this in a really clever way, and this was kind of one of the cool things um, where I like when it when you know the whole reveal with it, where Regina King has to you know hit him in the head, and then. And that whole thing and the passing of the egg through an organic, sorry, the passing of the powers through the egg and the such. I just thought it was so good. Like, what do you guys think of it? Um, to be honest, it, 
it was I like how they played on the idea because um, she took that that drug nostal- nostalgia that's that's what it's called if I'm not mistaken yeah um, mm-hmm. when she took that drug you know how they kept saying that it could lead to you know hallucinations and all these mental problems and breakdowns so it's kind of like that moment when she's in the kitchen and you see her brandish the hammer is she really having a psychosis break and she's about to kill her loving husband or is what she's saying true because you kind of have no really hints to it unless you're really really paying attention there's a couple times i had to like go back and just look at stuff and see if anything was foreshadowed because at that scene i honestly thought um she didn't know and the pills were taking effect of her right so for me it was just one of those like on the edge of your seats type thing so when the reveal was there and it it was true i was kind of like i kind of had one of those oh thank god moments you you know what i mean so it's pretty interesting to finally have some uh, have a moment like that when watching film because as creatives uh, and guys who've studied film sometimes it's it's kind of hard to turn off that lens of looking at a film from just a consumer standpoint and i feel like at that moment i was just a full-on just a consumer i wasn't really watching certain things i was just kind of enamored i'm like oh wow she's actually gonna kill her husband like these drugs really fucked her up but you know it, it turned out to be so I, I thought that was great and as for the um the egg from i saw that scene when they're sitting in the bar and she tells them to create life and they create the egg and playing with that whole paradox of what came first the chicken and the egg concept so to see that still um play throughout the last couple of episodes and for them to even end on it i thought it was like just perfect i i don't i don't know how any other way how they could have ended that um yeah the whole the whole thing uh with the egg and their relationship and that drug and everything all the mind fuckery uh i mean i i, I love that stuff so much and i find that i love it um because uh it, it can still Basically, as I get older, as I watch more and more and more media and movies and stories, and especially as a filmmaker and everything else, I find that I'm almost able to predict every single movie I've ever seen, you know, from the first scenes almost. Sometimes it takes more, but uh, I'm rarely surprised. I mean, I, I still find ways to enjoy these films that, that don't surprise me for other, for, you know, character development reasons or whatnot. Um, but in terms of the actual plot and, and why things are happening, very little surprises me anymore. So when I so I gravitate towards stories that have you know mindfuck, like where where you as a viewer are in a constant state of is this actually happening or is this in the character's head or is this a hallucination or what's true, what's isn't, what isn't. I mean, this goes back. I think if anything the show reminded me at least in that scene and in that aspect um of legion which is another you know superhero uh, uh series that doesn't it, it does not is, you can't really include in the overall superhero genre because it's it's thematically so different what it, what it does but that whole mind fuck, fuckery aspect where you just never know you never know what's real and what isn't and you can't predict what's going to happen like this whole show, like there was very little I could. Every time I thought I knew what was gonna happen, something else happened, and uh, that you know, to me, I guess, in the end, that's the kind of filmmaking, that's the kind of storytelling that that oh will always have uh, my my you know my eyes and my money and whatnot. So uh, I think they handled they handled the the whole 
time aspect with with uh, Manhattan and and their relationship and and his powers and all they just handle that beautifully so I mean and that's not an easy thing to to handle at all that's always you're you're always opening up as a, as a filmmaker you always open yourself up to plot holes and problems and uh, that that you know it's like oh well of course it happened because you want it to happen but you kind of have to like justify everything that happens and it has to be foolproof to get to that point where you actually really created a a, a great story that uses time uh time travel and alternate dimensions and all that stuff uh, effectively and it, this did that really well you mentioned legion and that's another kind of off the beaten track of the quote-unquote comic book genre what do you think are the like the the similarities between this and approach um that kind of separate these from you know everything else uh they i mean they like they're kind of you can they're in that sort of list of superhero stuff but they really do not fall into any of the of the usual tropes of 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 superhero uh, uh, movies and series and content, they really explore things outside of that. And and the way and because of because of how much they leave they leave those tropes behind and 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 they and they do something completely different. Uh, you get you get far more interesting characters, mm -hmm. uh, whether they're more realistic and based sort of in a in a real world or cynical sort of real world. Uh, or, or into something even more fantastical like Legion, uh, you get you get far more interesting characters and stories uh, because they and then they explore deeper aspects of, 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 of human nature. And I don't I don't think anything else comic wise really gets close to it. It's it's just I mean even even something as dark and gritty as Batman uh, um, just you know. Yeah, there's so many problems with Batman when you. I mean, I love Batman, but there's so many problems when you're trying to like make that. Okay, what is the depth of 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 his humanity in this, or like how can we, how, what do we actually know about Bruce Wayne other than his parents? Anyway, so this sort of basic storytelling is one thing, and then you have advanced storytelling uh, in terms of exploring human nature when you look at shows like Watchmen and, and Legion. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I feel like by stripping away a lot of the classic comic book tropes and and things that you would and themes that you would normally see even even with characters like Batman, um, and really letting like for a, a lack of a simple way of saying it, letting humans be humans, right? And what we would do in our, I guess that whole uh, whole idea of self righteousness and what we would do with ultimate power we always have these ideas that people would protect because one thing i noticed that they talked about in the movie was um dr manhattan could have done more you, you know what i mean like he has all these powers and he could have done more and it's this idea that we would believe that a being with all these powers would just come and fix all of our wrongs and and seeing and seeing that that idea not really play out on screen was was really refreshing for me. It was kind of like, there's this all powerful being that in one snap could end all of this, but it it allowed it allowed us to see humans still have to figure out things for themselves. Because let's face it, like in the reality of in the real world, we have to figure out these things ourselves. So adding that element to to something that um is supposed to be a fantasy and for all intents and purposes is a fantasy, it's still like. It still felt good to see, 
it felt good to see that none of these um characters were were um the perfect being and even the people who were who saved the day still had to pay for their consequent um for their actions still had to pay consequences for example the world's smartest man at the end of the day despite him you know saving the world yet again he still had to pay for his crimes against humanity you know what i mean so like i like i, I don't know i just really love those takes and i really like the realism of how they um put a spin on it uh i think what you're touching at is the core idea here is that when when we look at regular comic book superheroes and characters there's this idea false idea of like a, a person or being with immense and ultimate power can still somehow be just really good and 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 you know can can just can just be also you know as powerful as they are they can also be just as good yes. uh, and then they separate the villains into this comically like well comically ironically <laughs> uh, uh evil for the sake of evil group yeah. uh where and then there's nothing good about them and Whereas shows like this, it's like, okay, it, it, the reality is even, well, the reality, I don't know exactly, we've never had a real Dr. Mahan, but if we did, you know, having that kind of ultimate power doesn't necessarily that he has ultimate good, you know, yeah. or, or ultimate knowledge, like he has knowledge of, of time in, in, a, in a way that, that humans can't perceive time, but I, he still, the context of, of human life and existence is is separated from that so that he so he doesn't understand what is good and what isn't and and it, or, or if those concepts can even exist in his way so basically having ultimate power doesn't make you ultimately good is the reality of things and in fact it can be the very opposite uh the more power you have the worse you, you are and the more separate you are from humanity uh and i think that's the big separation between shows like this and 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 most regular comic book uh content yeah I, th content. I think also you know you can make a thing like batman as dark as you want but like it'll be there's still like we want to see the batmobile and what does the bat costume look like and there's like these superficial things that get attached to it and i think like the ones that really like this and and legion is that it's the it's ideas and themes first and then all the comic book shit afterwards it's like that's all just kind yeah. of the canvas you're working on and everything else is and that's why like even when you see like batmans that are taken to you know a little bit more of artistic level uh that chris nolan did which is obviously fantastic you know bringing you know adding the darkness that really kind of lives up to the the source material you still can't escape that and that's where you start yeah. getting trapped by genre because you can't mm -hmm. escape the tropes so that's why it's like with legion it becomes this musing on you know like really mental health to be honest mm -hmm. with you like it's it's completely relevant to today another situation that is completely relevant today as with racism and i think that's how they're able to kind of you know get away from it and i i just it's one of those things where and i think as comic book fans and you know omar you're pretty obsessive it's it all like when these things work out on the on the tv front like the comic book like the fate of comic books has been inextricably linked to what happens in movies now because it's like there's like a yeah. there's like a book 
to movie pipeline for all of these things now where it's like let's find the story like i was really surprised they made umbrella academy into something because that was such kind of like an obscure not obscure but like it wasn't particularly as popular as some, as some other graphic novels and i think that you know i think that well, not I think that. I hope that it has, like, ramifications on the idea. Because, like, with all the Avengers movies and stuff coming out and all the Marvel stuff, it's, like, killing comic book movies as a genre. But it's also killing comic books as a genre. You know what I mean? Like, comic books as a medium as well. Where it's like, oh, there's that fucking comic book. That's just going to become a movie. And I'll wait for this. And I'll wait for that. And just, like, the whole idea of it. I mean, you know, how, like, do you think something like this you know, breathes new life into the genre? Or th is this, like, an anomaly? Do we think that, like, these are going to be few and far between? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Um, to be honest, I think that if people are paying attention, um, not just the big studios or the streaming services, but even just the creatives, um, if they're paying attention, then this could <coughs> really change how we look at the genre. And not just... Um, you know, with the typical comic books and movies, but even creating film, um, creating original superheroes and ideas um, like this, or just trying something new, not relying on uh, a source material, and actually like creating your own ideas for film. Um, because let's face it, with, with the grabbing of content that's going on now with all these streaming services, everybody's looking for new ideas everybody wants that one thing that's gonna hit but as for with comic books going um to to the big screen or to streaming services i should say um to be honest i am just i, I kind of have this fear that eventually um comic book writers will start making comics so they can be become films if that makes sense and I kind of don't want that to happen because, like you said, like then it's, what, what, what's the point of me even picking up a comic and going to read it if these writers are only going to be catering and, and writing um, these pieces just to be made into film? You know, it, it'll start to take away from the actual authenticity of comic book writing because for me, I'll still go pick up a comic. I'll, I still want to have that physical comic in my hand, um, whether it's a manga, whether it's an actual comic book I, or a graphic novel. I still want to have that. Um and I don't want to get caught up in, in uh, the whole, oh, it's going to be on film in like six months. So it doesn't matter. Y you know what I mean? Yeah, you'll start getting these like John Grisham for comic books. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? Like where, I mean, to an extent, I mean, I mean, like obviously you have, uh, you know, someone like Stan Lee is like a Stephen King equivalent in terms of like the medium. Oh, sure. Right. But um you can always tell the Stephen King movies that where he's kind of intending it to. And then you have like epics like the stand and the dark tower where it's like, how could anybody fucking process that anyways? So, I mean, I always worry, uh, you know, I think that's interesting because I always worry about that too, where it's like, you don't want to see something get so watered down that it's like, it takes the joy out of it anymore. You know what I mean? It's, that's what happens when you pull, that's one of the things, I mean, it, when you're interested in a culture or, you know, in consuming a medium like that, it's, you know, exciting when these things come out, but that can be taken away as it gets pulled more into mainstream culture. So it's like you want it to become bigger and more money to go in and bigger stories and all this awesome th stuff. But then all of a sudden, the what's special about it gets taken away too. Almost like when you discover a new, you know, musician or rapper or band, and then all of a sudden everyone else jumps on it and you're like, eh, it's not quite as special as it was before. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, just to slightly return to the, the your question of of is this something is this are these just one offs or or is there a new ground being and I think there new ground being opened up here in terms of comic book content. And I believe so. Basically, I believe that there is a an uncanny valley sort of effect, an invisible line when it comes to comic book stories. And I think what we're seeing with Watchmen and Legion is is this is an actual successful crossing the other side of that uncanny, uncanny valley. Where and by what I mean by uncanny valley is that original comic book stories, the closer you push them into a gritty, realistic sort of world, the more their flaws and uh, uh some could come up and are visible in terms of like they just don't fit into that kind of world like and batman is a perfect example like i think nolan just straddled that line of just just uh, under on can on canada Valley, where we still got to see a superhero with gadgets kick butt you know fight evil guys have a, a, a jet car and all that stuff while still be, be, being sort of gritty and realistic but if you push batman any further well, suddenly the questions of, of uh, you know, of like, well, if he's a billionaire, uh, wouldn't he just be way more successful at reducing crime by investing, like, investing? It in inhibits your, suspe your ability and, to suspend reality. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not, why not just in, uh, make, uh, make, you know, make community services better and, and education and, and, and infrastructure and all this stuff that is the underlying reason for why poverty and crime and all these all these underlying societal problems exist that's a much better use of your time and money batman so when you get to that point yeah. <laughs> that's when you get to that point um you know that batman falls apart whereas you know these stories have managed to cross over that to be like so so real and so uh cynical in in, in the in the way they present characters in the world um that they they're able to they, they're able to it's fertile ground where it's, it's, it's untouched ground almost there's very few stories that can do that um but i do with what, what you were saying omar and I, I hope it doesn't turn into making comic book style movies or, or series without ever ha being attached to a comic but i think i think comics are a rich ground and and i hope they always remain a rich ground because they're so much more accessible you and I can write if we find a good writer, a good artist, we can write a story that's good. Uh, that could be a good comic. That could be something interesting. And that's just writing and some drawing and 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 some some you know like making it and printing it out. Whereas somebody getting to the level where they're writing a a screenplay for a major film, for a comic, for something that big budget. I mean, most comic book films will always be big budget, uh, just because of what's required of them that's inaccessible and right away you're reducing the 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 group of people that are able to get to that level and have access to be able to to to, to write screenplays for films uh whereas anybody and, and, and anybody can write a really good comic book story if they just if they have good ideas and they can write it down and it's, it's it takes a lot you know obviously it's not super easy obviously i'm not making i mean the people that do this stuff put in blood sweat and tears into into making it i know a lot of independent comic book uh uh, uh writers and 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 creators uh so not to insult them here but i'm saying it's a lot more accessible and the range of stories that can be written and maybe eventually adapted if somebody you know has, has an eye for these 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 more obscure smaller scale independent stories 
that can be written by all sorts of people around the world. Um, you know, I think, I hope that that's where, uh, you know, this whole comic book film thing evolves into, uh, rather than just die off because it's just the, the, the raw resources for incredible stories by writers that you don't often see in Hollywood is, is, is much richer, uh, if that remains a source. And it makes sense because HBO provided like a, a place for this, you know what I mean? And FX too. And if you look at like the stuff, those channels are really pushing. I mean, FX has shows like Atlanta, you know, and, and, and where it's really, where it's not conventional, you know what I mean? You're like, you're thinking about Atlanta is going to be some using of the hip hop industry. And, you know, from the way it was presented, you know, at the very beginning and it's not that at all. And, um, you know, there's really the addition of philosophical and literary technique in this, you know, playing with surrealism, playing with postmodernism and looking at these and like writing. That's the thing. I mean, so, I mean, uh, some of these other movies, I mean, they're not like, listen, uh, there's classic things that have comic book elements throughout literature. I mean, like you have things like Beowulf and such. And they've always existed and they'll always be turned into things. And, you know, this uh, fantastical elements, uh, you know, are always going to be in story. You know what I mean? Because, fuck, it's built into the religion, uh, into religion. And, like, you know what I mean? All of these are just extensive, uh, you know, just extensions of one another. And I think that it's interesting that HBO provided this. And, again, it makes sense because everything else has become stale. So I think maybe it was one of those things where, you know, these channels are like, listen, if we're going to do the superhero thing, then it's got to be something fresh. That's, you know, because I mean, you can do all these varied stories, but still there, you have to remain on brand. I mean, like there's through lines to every HBO thing, um, you know, where they really tackle the angst of just being alive in general. And the best stuff does that. Whereas, you know, I feel like, again, the genre getting stale, what I want to do to finish this up, I really want to talk about, uh, Regina King and Jeremy Irons, who were both nominated for their performances. Um, what were our thoughts on these uh, these performances? Um, I was blown away. Um, I I didn't know where things were gonna go, and just the range that these two had, and the types of characters they were playing, were I I don't know it like, um, you and I discussed um, even through text messages the other day. Like, like you said, Regina King found her role. Like, this role um, showcased her range, showcased what she's capable of, showcased um, every, just kind of every aspect of the type of character she could play. And I kind of hope that we do get a second scene, though I'd love to see more of her, because um, I have never seen her in this light, and I think it's just perfect. Um, Jeremy Irons was just phenomenal, just even that whole scene um, when they're in the house and having that family dinner and him singing and, and stuff like that. And then just to to feel the connection and the love and the partnership that he had with her, only to find out the flip that he was somebody else. He had other um, intentions. He, you, you know what I mean? It kind of was just like I, I, I fell in love with that character. And then I was conflicted, and the show made me be conflicted. But at the same time, I, I kind of still didn't completely hate him. And I don't know. like I, I just feel like they really grasped how people would be in that climate, in the world that they created. 
Um, honestly, I, I don't have a lot to say. I mean, I, I love their both performances. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, I, I have to double up pretty much everything Omar said, I think. Uh, these roles were, were they were really well cast uh, for for their uh, roles and and you could you know you can always tell when an actor is just placed in a role that was just meant for them and it was and they owned it I mean I those they're both great actors that have always done really well and uh, I just there's I'm not I'm it's almost I almost don't have anything to say because I'm not surprised at all mm-hmm. uh i there it's not like it's not like it's a it's an adam sandler uh who suddenly <laughs> does uh what was sorry what was that movie the serious movie that he did uncut gems he did really well sorry i guess two now uncut punch, gems, drunk, punch drunk love punch drunk love yeah it's not like an actor like that that suddenly gets a role that's perfect for him and suddenly he shines in a dramatic way no they, they they're incredible actors uh and they got incredible roles and they did really well. And so I, I can't really go into more detail than that because it's it just a pleasure to watch always when they're on screen. Oh, I feel, I feel like I grew up watching Regina King because I mean, uh, she's in Friday. Uh, she plays Ice Cube's sister, so she's she's great in that. I mean, she was in Poetic Justice. She was in Higher Learning. So these are like my early like sitting with my aunt who's like only eight years older than I am. So she's like an older sister watching these movies. Uh, and I, I think her performance in If Beale Street Could Talk was fantastic. Obviously got the Oscar for it. Um, but that was in, I, I believe, the supporting role. I think this is the is really her and like the bona fide absolute proof that she can carry something uh, from beginning to end. Um, it, like her performance was fantastic, heartbreaking at times, really embracing the subject matter and and really, you know, continuing this idea of seeing her and i'm glad that in these in you know like bill street could talk got you know her performance got the oscar and i i love that she was in this and when i saw the casting i'm like interesting casting she's talented how's that gonna work she worked right from the time she steps on the screen to the time she gets off she's fantastic um mm-hmm. i will the jeremy irons i mean i always like actors who are kind of let off their leash so to speak where they can, you know, put all of themselves into performance, where they can, you know, feel free to be over the top and um, really kind of use all those chops that they have. And I feel when I watch the Jeremy Irons performance of uh, Ozymandias that he just is, he's enjoying this. He's really kind of like, I know it's not as, you know, higher art as this is, uh, but like in a movie like Die Hard with a Vengeance, you know, he's like that he's over the top he's un he's just unfettered and he just is going for it and you, you just it's one of those things where it becomes a pleasure to watch i think this is the is another one where he's you know fantastic um and i mean he's always good i mean like for example growing up i love the movie the man in the iron mask doesn't hold up in time now but his performance has always stayed with me um but then in things like even in like smaller parts in kingdom of heaven um he was in kafka the soderbergh thing uh a reversal of fortune which he won the oscar for which he was fantastic in but this is one of my favorite jeremy irons roles like that's what i kind of like about this is that there is the elements to maintain levels of darkness and realism but then these performances are just over the top and unmoored and i i you know i really you know i really kind of appreciate it and and i want to touch on something you said before you guys said before we go um 
you were touching on the idea of the second season. So there was this whole thing where there, you know, there had there was talk that Little Off was going to do a second season, and then they kind of just canned it um, because he was just like, eh, I don't really see the point in revisiting <clears> it. <throat> like, do you think a second season would tarnish this, or would you like want it? I mean, if Lindelof, Lindelof yeah. is is speaking out of just you know, creative honesty that, you know, they're, they're, he doesn't want to do a second season because he doesn't think there needs to be a second season. Uh, and, I, and I think from the interview that I read on, on that topic, he said, you know, every time uh, somebody had an idea or they had an idea about, hey, here's what we can do in second season, they just found a way to integrate that into, into, the, into the show. And I'm, there's, there's, I have a lot of respect for creators that can say, Here's what I wrote. I wrote three seasons, or I wrote two seasons, or I wrote a season, or this is just a mini series, and this is what I want it to be. And here's my idea. Here's everything I had to say about this, um, and and then just do that and walk away is immense artistic sort of integrity and respect for people that can do that. Not not that I don't like people who you know ca carry on something that I really loved, even though it it wasn't originally written for a season for for more than one season or anything like that. But it takes it takes a lot of balls to do that, and I think if he feels that uh, he told a story that he wanted to tell, and that it, it, adding another season would just be stretching it or 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 doing. Or, or even maybe taking away from from first season, then uh, and then I, I think this is it's good as it is, and they should just keep it that way. Um, and I'm I'm glad it's one season. I I mean obviously I want to see more from the world, and and honestly if they if they gave it to a, a if they gave the world to another filmmaker who had another uh, an original idea in that world that was loosely tied to this one, I mean that could be an incredible see that could be an incredible new way of doing a, a, a like a you know, like a Marvel universe, but for Watchmen, you know, it's just give it to, instead of having, trying to like work up to some goals, 20 films from now, just put people, put, give filmmakers this world and tell, and give them, give them some space to do an original idea that doesn't have to be too connected to the one previous to them. I could see that as a second season and a third and a fourth, but I think if he's told his story and he's satisfied, um, then this is perfect as is. Almost like making the Watchmen like an O-Tour vehicle uh, to kind of go through where yeah. it becomes these like personal ideas. I want to interject just for a second, uh, Omar, because I know you're itching to get in on it. Uh, so they originally, so it was, it's been nominated as a um, limited series, hmm. but originally it was classified, they had intended, not intended, I guess, but had classified it as just regular series. And yeah. then, as it moved on and it became clear that they weren't going to do any more, that Lindelof wasn't going to do any more, they decided to make it a limited series, which it's been nominated for, one of the best limited series. Uh, go, Omar. Okay, well, I, to be honest, like, I agree with Boyan. As much as I would love a second season, like, just because, again, this was my first watch, and I feel like, I don't know, as much as I was satisfied... I just want more of that world. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of why I would want a second season, but I do respect the integrity of a creator saying, you know what, I, I did tell my story, and if I go back to it, I'm probably going to tarnish it or you know, take away from what we all love about it. You know what I mean? But 
to create a world and allow maybe another creator, uh, another director to, to take on that world and maybe tell a different story within that world would be something um, interesting to see just because we, we know the reputation of HBO and I think they would still do a great job and I think the world that was created um, it is, is amazing and because of its realism um, I, and because we do live in the real world I, I feel there's other issues that can be tackled and would be interesting to see in a world like that um, so that's why I would like a, a second season but I am satisfied like I would just rewatch this again and, and enjoy it just as much as I, as I've enjoyed it now. And imagine, I think this is definitely one of those properties that if you watch it again and again and again, you will discover something new. There's just so okay, much definitely. stuff that's happening that it's impossible to take it in one seeing. So I'm excited for my next watch. Oh, for sure. I definitely can't wait to watch it again. On that note, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we got to get going. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, rate and subscribe to our channel wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow The Mind Refinery on social media. Until next time, 